Hello, and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I'm not here with any of my co-hosts this week, so instead, I'm going to say hello to friend of the show, Kingdom James, and let him do the intro to his show. Hey, Kingdom. <laughs> hey, I wasn't expecting that. Hey, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, it's your hero, your host, your black friend today specifically black friend today, Anthony Kingdom. James, welcome to what will be episode 491 of the Handsome Genius Club radio show. It's a swap cast with our good friends at the Vox Podcast. And uh, I'll throw back to Mav. <laughs> yeah, crossover episode. Sweet. Yeah. And, you know, half the work. The work. I'm not really sure. We'll see how this works out. I, th- also- I think it even I think it evens out at one point three times the work. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is a, this should be an interesting topic because this happened like three yeah. weeks ago. You, yeah, you sent me a fault. text message and you're like, do we want to do a crossover show and just talk about the nonsense with Kanye? And I was like, yeah. you know, probably. But do we want to? And I wrote this, you know, so for my show, I always do these calls for comments where I'm more like, you know, what do you think of this topic? And I wrote about Kanye's scandals. And then by the time I published it, he had new scandals. And it's just like, like, he's just this, he's a moving target that I can't hit. And then I had some people who were responding, well, why do you want to give him air? Like, don't, you know, just don't talk about Kanye. And I'm like, no, like, it's the pop culture show and he's like well he's only popular if you make him popular I'm like no Kanye is popular without me or without Kingdom making him popular and that's kind of oh, yeah. what I want to talk about a little bit we ain't got nothing to do with Kanye we didn't make Kanye we didn't no. we sure as shit didn't make him yay <laughs> <laughs> I gave up on this brother so long ago hurt your feelings uh, well I feel anyway, like so if we call him the artist formerly known as Kanye it's disrespectful to Prince Oh, by sorry. No, and we should introduce the third voice because we got we have a guest aside from. OK, so we've got a guest. Each who, other. Well, yeah, who hosts podcasts. But I guess we're probably not swapping to your show because that would be weird. Super <laughs> weird. <laughs> we're just like, hey, we interrupt this regularly scheduled episode of this radio drama you're listening to to just talk about Kanye. Bonus show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Vox Podcast, and I guess welcome to Handsome Genius Club, Marone Langsner. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad for my first crossover episode. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> so, welcome <Yeah>. board. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I wrote my thing about, like, I don't know, do we want to talk about Kanye? Because there's a lot. I think there's a lot to get into. I think there's a lot to understand about him, about his cultural relevancy, to understand about why I do think he's worth talking about. But also, like, I had some people sort of vehemently telling me not to do the episode because, oh, well, he's being anti-Semitic. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, that's part of why yeah. I want to- <laughs> That's one of the reasons we want to talk about him. Yes. Yeah. And you were the first. Well, actually, you weren't the first, but you were. So surprise, surprise. I don't think I'm outing you. Marone is Jewish. I don't think that's a secret. But also Hello? you are. Yes, but also you're a quite studied man of letters. And so like you made one very specific point that I think is the number one reason that we need to talk about Kanye. Yeah, so I quoted a Regina Spector tweet where basically she pointed out that Kanye West has more Twitter followers than there are living Jewish people in the world. Yeah, Yeah. I saw that tweet and I quoted that tweet to 
a couple of other people. And I believe the number she used was somewhere around, it was like 14 and a half million or 15 million Jewish people. And Kanye has over 30 million followers on Twitter. So twice as many. So twice as many. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned that to a couple of people and I'm not sure how to gauge the reaction of, no, that's not right. You know? <laughs> well, so like, are they saying, I, I didn't know whether to take it as they're saying I could swear there was more Jewish people or that <laughs> is that, is it a, I think the estimate is too low or man, that's too many anyways. Wow. Yeah. No. Hey, listen, not all the people, not all the people any of us know are good people. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Well, there's one. So there's been a few reactions to this throughout the Jewish Internet in general. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. if we're saying two Jews, three three opinions, it always looks like there's more of us. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) one thing that comes up a lot that I've seen lately is that when people are talking about Jewish population, one good question to ask non-Jews is how many Jews do you think there are? Yeah. Because they're usually wrong. Because it's roughly 2% of the U.S. population and roughly a fifth of 1% of the world's population. Right, right. We have, I mean, at 2%, we have a extremely high... Huge amount of Jews in the United States at 2%. percent mm. And we're talking about like also one of the more misunderstood minorities and which, you know, is not a prize anyone wants. (laughs) No, that would be fair. (laughs) And also. Jew hatred seems to take different shapes than other hatred. And that's something that comes into play as well, because one really interesting thing about the Kanye nonsense that developed is when he printed, when they published the letter about his relationship with J.P. Morgan ending. Mm-hmm. And one big thing about that is that... We should say what, say what happened, too. Cause this, so the problem with this show was, I said, we can't, he's a moving target. Every time a yeah. scandal happens, like, this is, at this point, the J.P. Morgan thing, as we record, is like four scandals ago. And by the time this episode ago. comes out tomorrow, it could be five, right? So... But it's a big one because the thing about the Golden Scandal is that was already in play. He had already pulled his account. Yes. So he pulled his account because he didn't get a personal call from whoever's in charge of J.P. Morgan, published the letter, I believe, without statement. Mm -hmm. And then that was proof that the Jews control the banks because he lost his J.P. Morgan account. Right. Because, you know, the presidents of banks randomly just call us. That's a thing that happens for everybody, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm sure like, you know, because I know that as soon as I saw the Kanye tweet, I got on my special Jew phone talked to the elders (laughs) and said, hey, we have to talk about this one random rapper. And I think we need to start the offensive. You know, I got to say, I've gone through my grandfather's effects and I didn't even. I didn't see the phone or even a bill. (laughs) <laughs> like a lot of times you got to check the hidden compartment they tell you about it at your bar mitzvah uh, i figured they just took the phone pa- back at the funeral you know? i'll put in a request to ask about it but you know a lot of times they had to upgrade the phones to have the space laser controls Ooh. yeah well it's been 50 years so they've probably reassigned the number oh yeah yeah i mean we'll look into it but i know 
I just know there's someone listening to this show who thinks that you two I'm are gonna serious. I'm going to be quoted and it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, yeah. you know what? I'll take it. But one of the things about that, though, if you look at just kind of like the evil genius aspect of that is he knew exactly what he was doing. Does he? Yeah. I think so. So, well, <laughs> and a lot I, of, and I don't know that it matters. I'm not saying it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, but, I believe in the case of the bank letter, it does. Because okay. he knew that he was leaving the bank anyway. It was his own doing. Yeah. But to publish that letter after saying something blatantly anti-Semitic, make it look like that was the retaliation, then that kind of proves, because anti-Semitism is, a, as, as a hatred, anti-Semitism is a conspiracy theory. I think it's absolutely a conspiracy theory. I have a lot of problems attributing intellectual... Motive, yes. Motive yeah. to Kanye. And okay, I don't but that's the thing. That's the thing. And I need us to dismiss the idea that he doesn't know what he's doing. He does I, know what he's doing. He doesn't know why. That's, and he, he doesn't think two or three steps down the road most times. I don't think. He thinks he two thinks, or three I don't steps think he down the road one step to down. how it's going to affect anything or anybody. Kanye logic, as far as I can tell, and again, and here's what I'm, what I'm going to say. I don't know that it matters because, again, 31 million followers, he's powerful. And even still, he's, it's not followers who are, because I actually follow Kanye on Twitter for the same reason that I followed Donald Trump when he was there. Now, I have a true social account. I read Donald Trump still because I need to know, and I'm, I'm that weird guy. But, like, I, I think Kanye still has power. But I don't think he's even thinking one step down the line. I think he knows that he's being anti-Semitic. I think he knows. I don't think he cares or understands it. And those are two different things. I think yeah. Kanye logic is everybody in the world is stupid. Most people are stupid. So if I am on the opposite side of most people, I must be right. That's okay. like as far as it goes. Right. So like sometimes maybe he is right. Right. But yeah. some, uh, but like, so because I got into a discussion with people who are like, well, well, you know, this is the same as when he did the George Bush doesn't care about black people thing. I'm like, no, it's not the same, but it is also sort of the same. I don't think Kanye, yeah. when Katrina happened, Kanye wasn't necessarily trying to be woke about Katrina. I mean, any more so than he is now. Kanye saw something that he didn't like and he blurted it out in the moment. And the fact that like he did something demonstrably good at that moment that made cultural change happen was a good thing but i don't think he thought it through no he's a broken oh. clock he's, yeah, it a, just, he's uh, absolutely yes, a broken clock yes, yes so in this case he is saying he sees that people are mad at him for saying something anti-semitic so that must mean he's on to something. So he'll say more anti-Semitic stuff. Like oh. he sees that people are mad at him for saying something negative about BLM. So now I have to say more stuff about BLM. Him having done that, that's mm -hmm. him this whole other force of positive attention. Because there was all of these white supremacists that have been quoting Doesn't, him. And numbers are numbers. And he doesn't yeah, care. And, it's like, and if Kanye's testing well with the Klan this week, then, you know, that's a victory. Right. <laughs> And he it's doesn't... a weird victory. It's there. And there was those, those there was signs no. up mm -hmm. where some random, crazy white supremacist that has too big a following than they should was holding up signs and highways saying Kanye was right about the Jews. And Jesus H. Yeah, you can find the shots of this <laughs> where like if the white supremacists <sighs> are out there quoting Kanye West, then 
where are we? And what, right. what other are they, of, Sorry, and, Well, it's just the craziness of this, right? Are there clansmen rushing out to to like buy late registration and college dropout and trying to like are, just catch up on the Kanye discography or is it is it a, an ephemeral thing because they're using him they're absolutely using him oh, and yeah. I understand well, does he get like, a cut of the White Lives Matter shirts yes because if he that does he, then the his. those were his that was those his. his yeah that's yeah. a that is a, that is from his fashion label though not only does he get a cut he gets all of it and it, it feels like <laughs> it feels like when Comics gators who who get ratioed on Kickstarter move to move to Indiegogo. Let's they're gonna find a forum where they can make money from a friendlier audience. And I mean, has Kanye has Kanye played out the string on his career so badly that he needs to look to this new revenue source of <laughs> of people who would murder him given a chance i don't because, know i mean the guy standing on the overpass holding up the kanye was right about the jews sign would not let kanye sit at his dinner table or date his daughter right but Con- but donda his kanye's most recent album from last year donda yeah. it went platinum he's not struggling like and that's yeah. what people like i think he's out of people who are woke for lack of a better term, have turned away from Kanye. And so there's like a belief that he's irrelevant. Kanye is not irrelevant. Kanye is huge in pop right now. By relevancy anytime he wants as well. Because like, I don't think struggling is a word we could use with him. Right. Because like he's past the threshold of money where if all he was doing was collecting interest off what he's already got, he would never feel the difference if he threw out five failed albums in a row. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like this, like similar to Trump, where or similar to what Trump pretends to be, because Trump is not nearly as rich as he pretends to be. Sure. But you've Kanye got, is. Kanye, Kanye is. is that rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's... you've got this maniac with unlimited money, effectively unlimited money, that could do whatever the hell they want and say whatever the hell they want. And it doesn't matter. Like it will mm-hmm. never touch him. So right. whatever he causes or doesn't cause, it's he's above the consequences. And when mm-hmm. we think about the white supremacist quoting Kanye and saying white lives matter, if you are that flavor of horrible human, having someone from the minority you despise saying something that you agree with is the perfect mm-hmm. soundbite. It's like, yo. Know, Kanye West says that white lives matter. So how can you argue? So they would place tremendous value. Like you'll probably wouldn't let let them date their daughter. Right. They'd have them at dinner for a photo op. Well, Trump did. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, I like your hat. Right. (laughs) They didn't want me to wear this hat. People told me not to. Fuck. I just. Every sentence I say during this recording, I want to end with me just yelling, fuck this guy. (laughs) I just, there's only so much, there's only so much calm, collected, intellectual discourse I can have about Kanye West before I just turn into a gibbering idiot screaming, (laughs) fuck that guy. 
Like, I mean, I don't use the N word. I oh, I just wonder when I'm going to drop it this episode. <laughs> so, again, so even during like during the Trump time, right, where he was buddying up to Trump, mostly because people kept telling him not to. Right. Yeah. Also, because his at the time wife wanted his help passing the prison reform bill. And here's where he's weird and he's complicated. Yeah. You said, you know, he's a stopped clock, right? Yeah. He's right twice that, a day. Right. Say whatever, say whatever you will about Kanye, right? Kanye oh. West is probably more responsible than any other person in this country for getting prison reform passed. Period. Oh. And you don't have to you don't have to like it. That's how it is. And yeah. and you know, and everybody who worked on that bill will say so because at the end of the day, Donald Trump signed the prison reform bill because Kanye West asked him to. Yeah. That's it. That's all it took because Kanye West, you know, sucked up to Donald Trump. And Trump wanted the photo op, so he signed it in order to get a photo op with Kanye. That's why prison reform happened in 2018. And well, that's. Well, I mean, uh, he, Trump has. Uh, what's sad is Trump's history of, of, you know, putting his arm around black people on one <laughs> side and with a shovel in his hand, burying them with the well, other. Sure. Yep. I mm-hmm. mean, to to not know I'm sad when I hear, you know, older rap songs that glorify Trump, you know, yeah. Jay-Z, I got an apartment in the Trump that I've only slept in once. Did they keep stopping at the door because you're black? I don't. <laughs> I mean, Trump going back to the 70s when he had to make a deal with with the with New York State's attorney about about discriminatory real estate practices. We've always known who this guy was. We have always known. And the fact that he was able to crowd himself some of wealth and become aspirational to people and become loved on any level is sickening. We've always known who this guy was. And, he, and look at how many people he was able to fool. Well, he and he still a, does. He had a fantastic PR machine and he still does. Yeah. It's just there's only so much you can cover crap. But he managed to brand himself extremely early on as a yeah. symbol mm-hmm. of wealth and success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily entirely true, but symbol of wealth yeah. and success and then symbol of glamour. And then mm-hmm. because oh. his brand was glamour, got away with a lot of stuff he shouldn't have yeah and it's absolutely it's always absolutely been a veneer it's been a it's been a thin candy coating over you know you could, if i took a rock and covered it in chocolate i know there's people that would eat it as chocolate yeah who cares that it, who cares that it's a stone inside and yeah. that's what trump that's what trump has always been he's been 250 pounds of garbage in a silk bag with a and gold <laughs> string tying it <laughs> <laughs> but that, but the fact is uh, now he he's always gotten away with things the way that you know Vince McMahon convinced us that you know a wrestler was popular by saying that they were popular again and again until it was drilled into your brain as oh, sure, yeah. and Trump has always called himself you know rich and well when the twin towers fall in New York on 9/11 his first instinct is to say, I think we have the tallest tower structure in New yeah. York now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I yes. mean, it's gross. And he, Kanye sidles up to this. Well, so, okay. So, I mean, you made the wrestling illusion, right? 
Yeah. I did a paper. I did a presentation a few years back and I did a presentation at the Southern Sociological Conference in New Orleans across the street from fucking WrestleMania. It was amazing. Mm. (laughs) Um, I was there during WrestleMania for the sociology conference. And I did it on Trump's connection to pro wrestling. And I made the argument that he learned the tools that he uses by basically just being a pro wrestling heel. Like Trump is Trump is what he is because he's being Ric Flair diamonds off of ever. And so is Donald Trump, you know, like that's essentially what he's doing, right? He is saying, I'm rich, I'm rich and you want to be me and I am beautiful and everyone loves me and styling and profiling. Like he's basically yeah. doing the, the flair. He's, he's Ted DiBiase. Yes. And, doing Kanye, it until, and Kanye gets to be his Virgil. Right. Well, Kanye likes him because for the same reason, you know, as you know, the horsemen were never not popular it doesn't Uh matter how bad the horsemen are right Uh it doesn't matter the horsemen can damn near kill dusty roads yeah you know and like and the horsemen will always we don't wear white hats you know like us or hate us but learn to love us because we're the best thing going today right that's what trump did trump got people to vote for him who like voting for the heel yeah i don't pay taxes because i'm smart right yeah think about the people we know in the wrestling community who love Uh trump they are people who want the heel to win. He is the yeah. cool heel. And that's what Kanye is attracted to. Kanye. We, we know wrote, a lot of, we know a lot yeah. of garbage. I'm in, I'm intentionally not mentioning their names on either of our shows right now, but, uh, but Kanye wrote runaway. Let's have a toast for the douchebags. Let's have a toast for the assholes. Let's have a toast yeah. for the scumbags. Like t- Kanye wants you to know that what he likes about Trump is the stuff that like Trump can't hide. When Trump gets in trouble for being too much of an asshole, Kanye wants to cheer him harder. And that's what Kanye is doing right now. The fact that he like he knows that it's working because people are getting madder. And that's why I said attention is attention. Getting mad. Yeah. If they weren't getting mad, then he'd think, oh, I must not be on this. And like, so people take that the wrong way. People say, well, that's why we need to stop paying attention to him. But like, no, you can't. Because again, I understand that people think that he's less popular. Kanye went platinum. Kanye's last seven albums have been number one. Like he is. And that's as recently as last year. Like he is literally that huge. Like maybe you didn't buy Donda or Jesus is King or yay or life of Pablo, but they were the number one album in America. And like, if you have walled yourself off, siloed yourself off to, you know, to get rid of people who don't agree with you on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, you might not realize how insanely popular he still is. Like that 31 million followers didn't happen in a vacuum. I but, think that there, that brings up another point that, that goes beyond Kanye into how he was a test of certain echo chambers and mm-hmm. how he was a test of who hears what from who. So like clearly someone with his following saying, He's going to go death con three on the Jews tomorrow is like, mm-hmm. you know, it makes us nervous. People try to kill us a lot. Yes. So, and it should. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, we've joked about him a bit. Like it, there's like, we'll joke because that's the show, but like, but it's that's, super dangerous. That's actually mm-hmm. dangerous. Like people will act on that. So mm-hmm. When I was watching the reactions to that, I need to say the first person I saw comments about it was someone who was African-American. 
And that was what, when I started following it. And then when it hit Jewish Twitter, it blew up. And then it hit, like, when it expanded beyond that. And then one thing that came up that was really interesting was an exchange about all these people saying, well, how come no one's talking about Kanye? Or how come Kanye is only being talked about in these circles? And then a response saying, if you don't think anyone's talking about Kanye, then you're not paying any attention to black people. Right. And I think right. that had a lot of truth. And I think that mm -hmm. part of a lot of this self-selected media, because like I also follow. That's a neoliberal problem. It's a, it's a neoliberalism neo problem. If I ignore it, if I bury my head enough and it goes away for me, that means it's not affecting anybody. Yeah. None of my friends are talking about this problem. It must be okay. All my friends are vaccinated. We must be fine. Yes. Yeah. So that's yes. something that where Kanye is an interesting test and an interesting test of us because then it becomes like, okay, what are the lessons of Kanye? And what mm -hmm. is Kanye the inoculation against? Because if mm -hmm. the biggest lesson of this last series of really vile shit is hey rest of Amer hey white america start paying attention to black america a jewish america you're not necessarily as alone as you think you are hey pay attention when something is happening look outside your own immediate echo chamber to see if anything is being said mm -hmm. then you know hopefully people take that on but there was a, some really interesting exchanges where people, where I was seeing, you know, an anecdote is not data, obviously. Mm -hmm. But there were all of these complaints about how come the black community is not condemning Kanye? They are. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, watch BET. Like, you just, I mean, again, it, that, and that's one of the weird things, right? Now, are they condemning him enough? I mean, maybe not. You know, yes, he's got 31 million Twitter followers. But also, why isn't, I mean, that's like asking, why isn't the white community condemning Donald Trump? They are. It's just that it's a big planet, you know, like like yeah. there are a lot of, you know, he, there's a lot of people. What Kanye should be a lesson of is it should be a lesson that it maybe isn't as I don't know how to phrase this to make you not think that I'm on the side. It maybe is not as much career suicide to say negative things about Jewish people as some people like us might like to think it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Right, it's right. You can just not. do that. It's not. I mean, yeah, it's probably can. it's a career booster in a lot of circles. Yeah. yeah, and like you can sort of, you can sort of say, you know, disparaging the kinds of things that Kanye is saying. He is getting called on because he went a little too far over the line. The DefCon Four thing was a little too far over the line. If he just said they control the banks, he probably would have been fine. It would oh, yeah. have been mm -hmm. bad. But he probably would have been fine. And that's kind of that, that's kind of the problem, right? Like you're calling attention to it because it just got a little too far. But that said, Kanye's always been controversial in the black community going back to college dropout. That was 2004. That was almost 20 years ago. Right. Oh. And then like every every record he goes a little further every you know when his mom dies it becomes a little further when he stops taking his meds it comes a little further when he has the problems with Kim, it becomes a little further but like these are not they're not new problems and again i want to be clear because i don't think he lives in a vacuum kanye's not always wrong 
he's got a lot of like and i think that's what makes him interesting is because he is the He's the the epitome of the milkshake duck problem that we've talked about on this show and show before. Yeah. People want to say, hey, we can just cancel this person because, but it's not that easy. Kanye West is a musical genius. And yeah. I don't and I might I have trouble listening to him now because it's just gotten to be it's gotten to be too much. But like objectively, he is brilliant at the thing that he is actually good at. Like and what do you and do he do just is the work of brilliant artists who are horrible people. Because yeah, like and that it's was hard. the whole last episode. I'm not ever. I'm not a religious person. You know, you got 200 some episodes of the show. You can tell that I'm not particularly religious. But Jesus Walks is a brilliant song, and it is just about Kanye's love of G- Jesus and his theory that if you're too Christian, you get drummed out of pop culture. And you know, he said that, and he made it to number one. So he's wrong, but it's still a brilliant song. And I. Like, well, I don't he's also, it's that same that. thing of like, he said it because he said it in the way he says it. Cause like, I got plenty of Kanye on my iTunes. I don't know that I'll ever be buying anymore. Right. But yo, know, when his songs come on, it's like, oh, this is a great song. Oh shit. It's that guy. And <laughs> <Yeah>. when, <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and it's yes, so hard. Well, one thing I get girls, I get girls who ask me for Kanye songs. Or, it happened last night at work. One of the dancers asked me for Kanye West and my immediate reaction was ugh. like uh, audibly, probably louder than that. Just and I told her what I thought of Kanye and she said, oh, you don't want me to dance? To Kanye? I said, you're the one dancing. You choose your music. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like the guy. <laughs> one, one interesting thing also that he plays into, like aside from the echo chamber thing is the whole idea in some circles of hatred as virtue. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a Sartre story from, I think it's the thirties. I'd have to look it up uh, where someone's looking for an identity and they're looking for something to define themselves while they're young. And they decide that they're going to take, I hate Jews as their moral stand. And this Mm -hmm. raises them in their social circles as Oh, well, you know, that person, he's very strictly moral. He hates Jews. And Mm -hmm. if you look at that in other racial areas, or if you look at that other, like if you look up, if you look at birth of a nation, racism is a virtue because in that world, it has to be. So where Kanye starts pulling out the anti-Semitism and when they control the banks, and obviously these are evil people, he sets himself up as this place in this place of virtue where anyone else who's buying into that because everyone's the hero of their own story now is citing one of the uh, citing someone who's like a brilliant incredibly popular artist and is co-signing that and it's Mm -hmm. like and you know he has to be right he's in he's like he contributed to prison reform you know who runs the prison don't you he helped katrina people like yeah it's really hard (laughs) yeah if he hates a group of people then you know it must be he must be right and that's (sighs) part of the danger of it but i think that's also part of when we look at the polarization of where the united states is right now people are defined by their hatreds yes and that's i mean it also it's weird right because 
when you, what you're talking about now, you're talking about like, you're talking about actual identity politics, right? Not like yeah. the thing that people, the way people use that word, but this is what identity politics actually is. And there is a level at which, again, the reason people got mad at Kanye was because of how he was anti-Semitic, not that he was anti-Semitic. And people might not like hearing that, but that's the truth. Yeah. There's a Winston Churchill quote of an anti-Semite is someone who hates Jews more than necessary. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of a, you know, coded messages. Fine. It's the DEFCON 4 thing was, or I think it's a DEFCON 3, but whatever, right? It implied yeah. actual physical violence. And that was the bridge too far, right? But think about the things that you can say pretty freely about Muslims in America today. Oh, yeah. Like, like you can probably, you probably could have said DEFCON 3 about Muslims not ruined your career like that like yeah probably yeah. could have gone there so so like you know it's like how do we go beyond what you can say about jewish people well you know islam's not doing great right now but like yeah and that's gross right it's a gross thing it's a thing where culture is full of others that you know we don't necessarily want to help we just want to not be obviously complicit in hurting if we can help it because that feels gross so so kanye is reminding people that they're gross and that's a problem yeah i mean you know mav you and i know a person personally who spent years being openly islamophobic on social media and still managed to after two or three attempts get elected to a local public office. Wow. And yeah. Oh yeah. Because that is absolutely not qualifying in America. That is you waving a flag so that like-minded people know Mm -hmm. to rally behind. And it's not, and for Uh, the listener, this is not an individual who got elected in the South. This is an individual in the state of Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, yeah. whose platform is, whose political platform is essentially, I'm racist. That's the whole platform. That's it. There's nothing else. Yeah. It's, li- it's literally, I'm I mean, a racist and please vote for me. As we record this, there is a mayoral election in Toronto tomorrow. And I do not have kids. I am past the point of caring if I ever, if I have kids, man. Somebody's really messed up. Here comes the jeez. That's like if I have kids, it's like Gordy Howe playing in the NHL at age fifty-three. You know, it's like hey, he's still better than a lot of the players in the league. But come on, anyways, pat myself on the back. Yeah. So tomorrow is the mayoral election, and one of the things that I literally, as I hold my voters card in my hand, and then now a, a pamphlet from my town, a city councilor. One of the things I thought about this time around was school trustees. Mm-hmm. Yep. And don't have kids. I'm never going to send a kid to school. Doesn't fucking matter to me personally, except it does because I don't want the local schools run by people who would support a trucker convoy or who would say anything even remotely like build the wall or lock her up or what about her emails or here in Canada, fuck Trudeau Mm -hmm. or, you know, don't want those people to have anything to do 
with the, the raising the public input in raising children. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I so I have to, I just have to say my city councilor has done a fantastic thing. And I've had her on the podcast. Paula Fletcher is the councilor for Toronto Danforth. And I've had her on the podcast. One of the reasons during the last municipal election that I, I did some research and decided to vote for Paula Fletcher was because in her in her early 20s, she was a member and then at one point the leader of the Communist Party of Manitoba. Wow. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, one of my one of my personal concerns is the idea of renovictions when a when a, a landlord boots you out of an apartment ostensibly to renovate it, but then doesn't let you back in. And I, you know, I've been in my apartment for 12 years. Rent control is awesome. I want somebody who I know will fight tooth and nail to make sure if something happened in my building that I could keep my home. So I voted for the communist. And on her, on, on the mailers that she sent out for, for this cycle, the front of it is a picture of her and the woman that she is endorsing for school trustee. So I, I have, I have, you know, with a bunch of information about her, I don't have to do quite as much research now to figure out who is going to not fuck up the minds of the next generation. I mean, when these kids graduate high school, when they turn 18 and they have the right to vote, you know, I'll be in my late 60s, early 70s when, you know, kids who are starting school now, I, your I, place. Need, a city, I need a city that isn't going to encourage them to push me in front of a subway train. <laughs> I have a friend who he told me about, he went to school in the South, and she told me once about the experience of when she met her first educated racist. Aww. And it, well, it's fascinating because I said, so there's an article by a writer I like, A.R. Rosenberg, where he says that your political opponents are not stupid. And I think that's a really important point is that the yeah. people who disagree with you, they might be wrong. They might actually be mm -hmm. evil, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you think they're stupid. So I yeah. remember hearing about someone telling me, yeah, so I got to school. She went to school at a prestigious Southern college and met someone who was just openly racist and wanted to be a teacher and would be in a position where she would have basically self-accepted, deep-rooted hatred slash racial superiority, white savior feelings towards a significant portion of her students. And this was going to be a person who would literally be shaping the minds of all of her students. And what mm -hmm. is the damage that person causes? And I'm also like, yeah. one of the things Kingdom was saying made me think about one of the graphics that went out after Charlottesville, where it showed all the guys with their low torches and it said, what you see, racist, racist. What I see, mortgage officer, teacher, police officer. Yeah. And what are the things that you want? How do you change that? Because I've been in a position where I was so in one of my lives, I worked in theater 
And I had a fellowship many years ago where I was, I'm Israeli American, first generation. You're fooled by, uh, you're fooled from my ESL because I speak the very good English. (laughs) But I wanted, I was going to have an evening where it was going to be a play of mine. And we were actively looking for a play by a Palestinian to be in my evening. And the, Words from the agent of the Mm -hmm. other writer were, we can't put this person's play on stage with a jitter. And and this was, you know, a theater with a multi-million dollar budget. This would have been a massive opportunity for this other playwright. This was in like, you know, theater is a pretty liberal circle. But how do you, well, it's a liberal circle, but again... Or is it a neoliberal circle, right? It's a like neoliberals. Well, yeah, because I mean, like one thing that comes up a lot <laughs> is that that I don't think we talk about where we talk about where I got I mentioned hatred is virtue, but hatred feels good and hatred makes people feel powerful. If you take away people's hatred, you leave them often like, yo, we want to say we leave them in this place of enlightened, peaceful love. But often we leave them in a place where they're confused and vulnerable. Now you have no like. Oh, the Jews don't control the bank. You fucked up your credit on your own. <laughs> nice. Very <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> no, this has to be somebody else's fault. And who could it, whose fault could it be? And uh, you know what? A quick and simple and easy answer is well, the Jews. The Jews or, or, or the, blacks. the blacks. Yeah, like they're taking all our jobs. Yeah. Well, when was the last time you applied yeah. for a job? <laughs> yeah they're taking the yeah. jobs because you don't have one yeah the uh, you know the, the it's the illegal immigrants coming in and taking our jobs oh i didn't know you were a gardener yeah. i didn't know you did day labor i don't remember seeing you standing outside of a home depot waiting for a truck a wasp has never shown up with my uber eats order <laughs> really? Oh wow! <laughs> I want you're that. Just, a, I want that on a t-shirt. So uh, you're one of one of them. They're New York liberals. I live in Pittsburgh, and that's not necessarily yeah. true here. But I get the point that you're making. I've never had an Uber driver named Matthew. Yeah. God. Oh, well, I know they're going to take us. They're going to take us absolutely seriously every second of what we say. And, I look forward to like us being on Fox News of like two black guys oh and god. a Jew. <laughs> if oh god, if we could just be like Fox podcast is turning the frogs gay. Yeah, yeah. If, oh god, if we could just be. <laughs> you saw my tweet earlier, huh? So yes, well, yesterday for the listeners, but today for us, I tweeted a little. I was just. Is annoyed by reading. I was doing some grading at the same time as I was just reading Twitter, and I was seeing follow quite a bit of right wing media, and I was seeing the standard. You know, it's liberals. They're you know the the CRT, and it's the you know the gay agenda and the trans agenda, and blah blah blah. And I was just like, you have so much faith in education that. You believe that I can turn your child gay, yeah, or I can make your child hate white people. I can't make your child conjugate verbs correctly. 
Like, I, like I'm like, or like, I think I said, I can't make your child use topic sentences correctly. And, you know, like I've been doing this for 10 years, like uh, teaching is, you know, I do my best. And here's the thing. I've said this on the show before. I teach college, not elementary school. Yep. So I actually do teach critical race theory sometimes. It's not oh. what you think it is, but also try and stop me. That's part of the job, right? Like, I know you might yeah. not like it, but it's a theory. It's critical race theory. It is a theory that is taught academically. And that's what I do here. Right. So like yeah, but every, everybody, every group needs a boogeyman to rally their people yes. behind. And critical race theory is is a big boogeyman because you can easily dis- you give it a name and then you distort its purpose. And I am, you know, if I'm a teacher. I'm not trying to even just having this conversation. I'm not trying to make anybody feel worse about themselves. Oh, they're teaching us that teaching our children that they're evil because they're white. No. I I want you to know where America came from. Right. Right. And what America has done to to groups of people that didn't look like you and still does from slavery to fucking to redlining to tearing down half of Tulsa like i mean to to a cop kneeling on a motherfucker's neck right yeah and on- this <laughs> is america this is america as much as your fucking apple pie and as much as your <laughs> goddamn baseball game yeah and i think one of the other issues around that is that the critics cherry pick the worst examples of course. Mm-hmm. And some of the worst examples are pretty horrible. But the important thing is this representative or is this a statistical outlier? Because mm-hmm. I think sitting in Mav's class, hearing Mav talk about critical race theory, assuming that, you know, he's his students are up to the task is probably a really good experience. Oh, they yeah. loved it. And we, it's probably we, we, a really we, good discussion. If any of my kids listen to the show, we read Flatland last week and we talked about like the metaphors that were used in this book from 1884 that and how they relate to class consciousness and racial consciousness. And if you squint enough and like re- and read it in 2022, it makes a pretty good argument about gender as well. Oh, so, yeah. you know, hey, kids, but like, <laughs> I, oh, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's thing. The yeah, actually that's is. The thing. But, I mean, that's even today, is Trayvon Martin an outlier? Is George no. is George Floyd an outlier? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But the, so the outliers. So what I'm talking about in terms of the outliers and the cherry picking is not yeah. Trayvon Martin. Is not George Floyd. It's not the people who were wrongly killed because yeah. of racism. It's when you talk about some of the critical race theory stuff. It's if you take out. If you take the scum manifesto as an example of this is what feminism is, where it literally says, oh, for those playing at home, the scum manifesto, Valerie Solana Mm -hmm. is the subject of I hate Andy, I shot Andy Warhol. She Mm -hmm. wrote a manifesto that basically says we will kill all of the men because we don't need them. Uh We will kill by torture. Men are incomplete beings who are incapable of love. If you just took anything with if you went blank or whatever she said it's hate speech mm-hmm. flat out 
If you took that and said, this is feminism. And you can absolutely find black people who will say we need to kill all white people. You can find Jews who say we need to kill all Christians. You will absolutely find that if you look hard enough. It absolutely will. And it's when you take these and say this is representative. Right. And I think that that's what we run into with most of the Mm -hmm. critiques of these subjects is like uh, there's there's a guy who I follow who I find very interesting who's an authority in self-defense and martial arts conflict is named Mm -hmm. Mark McYoung. Mark McYoung Mm -hmm. is a staunch radical moderate. He thinks everybody needs to calm the fuck down. But he (laughs) has this model that he calls bleacher theory. And when he and the way he puts bleacher theory says, now you're on one side or the other. You're in the front. As with like the rational people who are just like. We can talk. You're looking at your counterpart who is like, you know, you're a liberal. You're looking at a conservative, but a conservative that you feel you can come to an agreement or a compromise with seeing everyone behind that person all the way up to the bleachers all the way. And at the top of the bleachers, you're seeing the white supremacists. You're seeing the anti-vaxxers. You're seeing the flat earthers. You're seeing the whole spectrum of everyone. And you're putting them together with the rational person in front of you. The rational conservative and there are people who are going to be mad at me for saying the words rational conservative but the rational conservative is looking at the rational liberal and they're looking up to the whole bleacher the people who are too politically correct to function they're seeing the valerie solanus let's kill all the men feminist Mm -hmm. they're seeing every far left caricature that is insane and they're grouping them all together but if you're in the middle or close to the middle you're not looking behind you at who you're being judged by i think that's kind of a good model or when we're engaging because when i see it's like i have conservative friends i have Mm -hmm. many more liberal friends because of where i am and what i do when i watch one complain about the other they're usually not complaining about real people, real people. They're complaining <laughs> yeah. about the people who are saying, you know, let's ban every holiday because it's somehow offensive. Like, well, they get the most, it like, gets the most play being, it gets the most press and it's the most, it's the most valorizing. It's the most, interesting right like you you get to you don't get to be famous by being oh i'm trying to think of well i mean like by being a middle of the reasonable yeah a bit a middle of the road republican or a middle of the road of democrat i'd say in the current political discourse but in the we like to say oh things are getting more and more polarized and they are but even over time right the fact that you have Mitt Romney and Joe Biden being notable in either of their parties oh. is kind of an aberration, right? Like you yeah. shouldn't have, you, you shouldn't be paying attention to a conservative Democrat or a liberal Republican, right? Like that's weird. And I realize that they're both moderates by, you know, by virtue of where they are on their political spectrum. But like the fact that the two of them are notable, like Romney lost the presidential election for a reason. Yeah. Biden lost the presidential election twice for a reason, right? Like Biden is only president because he was running against Trump. 
And so but that's weird. Seems, what, but, but he comes off as either of them comes off as reasonable. As, right. as like I mean, the fact that Mitt Romney has been able to rehabilitate himself in any way isn't because he made great strides as a politician or a human being. It's that media, the median <laughs> sank below him. Yes. What was expected, say the standard of behavior, of intelligence, of thought sank below him. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just yesterday, Lauren Boebert, who is a, basically a waitress you wouldn't give a good tip to. Yeah. Let that sink in. Went, okay, well, I did an interview and I'll, I'll you know what? I'll just read you the quote before making her controversial comments. Boebert had been speaking about transgender participation in sports and gender identity. She added, we are cre- I don't know what this quote has to do with that, but. We are created equal. We're not the same. Women are the lesser vessel, and we need masculinity in our lives to balance that weakness. Just us being more frail and needing that strength in our lives. Well, then, if that's how she feels, you gave her shoes and let her out of a kitchen to speak. Why is she involved? She's crazy. People fucking voted for her. Same people, people lifted her up as their chosen one. And you, of all of us, will represent our needs in government. Lauren <laughs> Dobert, who I guarantee you would have to give her your phone number five times for her to get it right. <laughs> I think that's the same appeal as the White Lives Matter shirt. Yeah. Like, hey, look, we found a woman who is going to support our sexism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is this great symbol of like, look, I must be right. A woman agrees with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She knows her place, except she's in power over you. Yeah. And well, So, so she's got you fooled. And she's an idiot. What does that make you? She's also, I just want to point out that she's like her, her nominations, like her, her, like not only did she win, wasn't even close. She won the Republican nomination in 2020 by 10 points. She won the general election in 2020 over the Democrat by six points. She won her congressional renomination this time by 30 points. It's not even close. It's cribbage and she's skunking her opponent. Yeah. So it's not, it's just like, that's the weirdness of now. And it's really easy to go, oh, but like, who wants to talk about Lauren Boebert? No one cares. That's not true. She just won her nom- renomination by 30 points. No, and that's again, talks to why we're liberal talking. circles wants to talk about right. her. But you can't yeah. right. ignore her. It's like, oh, that guy right. with a little mustache, she's so funny. Let's laugh at him nothing's gonna come of that (laughs) oh you mean the house painter (laughs) it's like yeah like and i think like it it comes back to like your political opponents are not stupid and some of them playing to who their base is and i there's that douglas adams bit about how anyone who wants anyone who's actually going to seek out certain kinds of power has the ability like yeah like there was that bit in hitchhikers where it says anyone capable of being elected head of the galaxy 
should absolutely not be given that power. Right. Yeah. And the thing, the traits you need to get the job are the exact opposite of the traits you need to do the job well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but I, you know, I sometimes wonder when you say, you know, your political opponents are stupid. I think we have to, a lot of times, we have to realize, like Lauren Boebert is a perfect example. When we focus on Lauren Boebert as a political opponent, Lauren Boebert is just the tip of the spear. Yep. Lauren Boebert, Miss Piggy is not a great actress, but <laughs> Frank Oz was really good. Oh, yeah. And Dick I think, Cheney, Dick Cheney was a powerful president. Yes. And I think there's something to that, too, of you have to recognize who's the face and who's the machine. Yeah. And I see yeah. that in business sometimes. So I lead a double life in theater, film and real estate. And mm-hmm. my line is that I realized academia was no business for an honest man. And so I saw real estate in New York City. And there are a couple <laughs> very prominent companies people who you know might have some tv shows and it's understood that they're the face and that the money and the brains is elsewhere and the money yeah. and the brains doesn't even necessarily want you to know that they're the money and the brains they're probably jews right. but, uh, oh, <laughs> jesus christ sorry had to oh, God. But, uh, that was nice I, I used to have a podcast that was out every week i don't know how i got canceled because i control it but i did <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I thought about this, but there's an ancient episode. It's like a second or third season episode of The Simpsons, where The Simpsons get they. What, Bart goes to France as an exchange student. And they get a deal. The Belgian kid is. He's uh, like, what is he? All white with pink eyes. Belgium. The Indian, excuse me, Albania. And there's this great line where they're sitting at the dinner table and Lisa is arguing with this kid and Homer interrupts and says, maybe Lisa's right about America being the land of opportunity. And maybe a deal has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers. <laughs> Please, kids, stop fighting. But I just I, I want to go back to the original the original notion of Kanye and the White Lives Matter shirt for a second and the White Lives Matter movement in general, because White Lives Matter saying as a movement, whatever, is a straight up fuck you to black folk. Okay? Right. And, you know, we've gone past the all lives matter time in our lives. The all lives matter that 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 phase seems kind of quaint at this point, you know, where, you know, we the ignorance of BLM's early days, we've entered a full on the full on racist ignorance of post Trump presidency America, where no matter how vile the thing you think is, you say it out loud as as your dog whistle. And, you know, white lives matter is how a segment of America issues our cry for help. Mm-hmm. Because that's all Black Lives Matter was. It was a fervent prayer that people would remember that Black Lives Matter too. It wasn't a declaration of superiority. But I can I can make this real clear. So with the okay. blue lives with the blue lives matter thing, the people who came yeah. up with the blue lives matter cry were being disingenuous. They were trying to use Black Lives Matter against them. However, yeah. the people who popularized Blue Lives Matter mostly a bunch of cops 
frankly honest cops. I don't necessarily like cops, and you can go listen to our copaganda episodes and see how I feel about them. But yeah. the people who popularized Blue Lives Matter were doing so because they were like, yeah, we're the police or we love the police, and the black people are out to get us. Criminals are out to kiss. You know, they're, you know, the, the, and it may be baked in racism. I'm not saying it's not baked in racism, but mm-hmm. it was out, it was out of honest fear. Fear born of misunderstanding, but mm-hmm. fear. That's what Blue Lives Matter was. So, like, it's hard. It was hard to fight Blue Lives Matter because the argument was the argument of why are you co-opting our movement came across as why are you know why don't you care about the lives of the people who are sworn to protect us or whatever? Right. That was the problem with Blue Lives Matter. That's not what's going on with White Lives Matter. No one using White Lives Matter, not even Kanye is doing so because they're afraid that white people are being killed. That is, it is entirely disingenuous. White lives matter only occurs because it's triggering. White lives matter. Isn't even a, isn't even a slogan of the clan, right? Like the clan's not even using it. They're using other slogans, right? Mm -hmm. The proud boys are not running around saying white lives matter. White lives matter only exists to piss people off. Yeah. Van Lathan, who, if you go back four years, Van Lathan was the TMZ writer personality who, confronted Kanye when Kanye was at the TMZ offices and the mm-hmm. video went viral. And just a few weeks ago on his own podcast, Van Latham had the greatest thing to say, just, you know, as they were breaking down the fashion show incident. And he said, Kanye is triggering black people emotionally for the sake of his own personal wealth. And that is evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's how I feel about Kanye West at this point. I don't, you know, there were the you can go back to episodes of my podcast where I talked extensively about Kanye and his mental health and mental health concerns in general and how nobody around Kanye was going to say going to say no to him because he was still a money making machine and they were feeding off of that machine. Problem. If he dies yeah. because as long as I'm rich. Yes, absolutely. Right. And <clears throat> excuse me. But at this point, it's gone beyond. I don't I have no sympathy for him if this is born of mental illness. I have no sympathy because at this point, he should he or somebody around him should have said, you need help. And Kanye, I don't know if he was institutionalized once, but you remember a couple of years ago when he just kind of took off and went to Utah and Dave Chappelle went to see him, and Dave Chappelle is another conversation we can fucking have. Yeah. <laughs> but I have no sympathy at this point for Kanye if this is born of mental illness. Because in, in the meantime, that's the, yeah, bodies are dropping. Perfect. The, the, mental illness might be the thin veneer on Kanye that keeps some people from condemning him. At some point, He's got a knife in his hand and I don't care whether it's mental illness or evil or what fucking stop it. And we're at the point where, I mean, this comes off as hyperbole, but somebody's got to fucking stop him. Somebody asked me, I did a, I did an episode. It wasn't on, on my show. It was on, I think I was on Cosmic Geppetto where I did an episode before she was released from the conservatorship. I was on to talk about the Britney Spears conservatorship. And then after that, someone asked me, 
well, wait a minute. How come that doesn't happen to Kanye West? Like why, you know, how, you know, is, is it sexism that allows Britney to be under a conservatorship and not Kanye? Shouldn't he be? Maybe a little bit, but actually primarily it's that you can't like, you don't just get put under a conservatorship. Someone has to do it. And that person's life in Kanye doesn't have that person in his life. You need a relative with control to take power of attorney and take control. And the, you know, his mom is dead. He has no parents. The only person he had was Kim and she doesn't have that power anymore because she divorced him. So Kanye is an Island of power and lack of consequence because there's so much money that, like you said, it doesn't matter whether it's racism. It doesn't matter whether it's mental illness. It doesn't matter whether it's just evil at this point, he's just dangerous. And you know, the why I don't want to say the why doesn't matter because we should discuss it. We just did mm. for an hour, right? Like we like the whys matter, but he is definitively dangerous. I think that I don't yeah. think there's any other way to looking at it. And I just want to get this in because I know we're pretty close to wrapping this up. I just want to point this out that, you know, I went off on a little rant about municipal elections and school trustees. Kanye runs a school. Kanye is running a the Donda Academy. He's the flag bearer for the education of a whole school worth of young black kids. Do we know anything about the curriculum there? I don't know a damn thing. The only thing I know about the Donda school is that every morning, because I've seen this on video, every morning, the entire assembly of uh, pupils turns out to sing a Good Morning Donda song. And it looks like, let's just call it the Kanye youth. Wow. I mean, it's a Christian academy. It's, so it is a private, it's a private Christian school somewhere in California. Hold on. Simi Valley. And it is, it, okay, let me say that again. It's a private Christian school in Simi Valley, California. I don't think it has that many people. I'm not sure how many people are enrolled in it, how many kids are enrolled in it. But they, they talk about, I mean, part of what he's doing is some really good logic. Like it's supposed to have no, it's supposed to have no worse than a, than a 10 to one student to teacher ratio. It's supposed to, it's supposed to focus on liberal arts, but also math and science and Christianity, of course, because you know, that's what he does. And Kanye is devoutly Christian and, you know, Christians who are more liberal don't like him being called that, but he is, that's what, Kanye is, and it might not be the version you subscribe to, but it's what he is trying to do. And, you know, that would be all great, except that it's being, it's a school that's controlled by a madman. And, you know, who knows what they're doing there? Yeah. And like school is not always a good thing. Like Hamas runs Mm -hmm. schools too. And when I think about, you know, there's there's an African proverb that comes up a lot that I'm personally a fan of that this where it says, you know, if you want to plan for one year, plant rice, if you want to plan for 10 years, plant a tree. If you want to plan for a hundred years, educate children. And Mm -hmm. we think about this as this positive thing of educate children. Education is not necessarily good or even neutral. Because you could be be brainwashing. It could be brainwashing. And like you could be educating children to 
go be suicide bombers. You could go be educating children that, you know, racism is great and you're the master mm -hmm. race and go do your thing. It's a neutral thing. So someone like Kanye running the school and having math and science, great. I would want to know more about the curriculum. I would want to know about, okay, what does this, what's actually happening? Cause like, we don't know. So I just check hundreds, hundred students right now. It's not accredited. Every one of them is under NDA. So no one knows what's being taught. There. And which is terrifying. Student is under an NDA. That's, and you know, there's, there was another, I need to check who this was, but there was some pop culture figure who started doing cryptocurrency and financial literacy or in public housing. And <laughs> financial literacy, I'm absolutely behind. Like, let's do that. Cryptocurrency is not financial literacy. So no, cryptocurrency, why don't you just, that, that is Paul Newman teaching Tom Cruise how to grift at billiards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's, yeah. Let me tell you what's mm. great about NFT. <laughs> you know, it's a it's three card Monty. How did you make our Kanye episode get even grosser at the end? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, James Z. Jack. Yeah, way to go, Maron. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm here to help. Oh, yeah, it's James Z. and Jack Dorsey <laughs> unveil Bitcoin Academy for Brooklyn. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Academy for Brooklyn. Oh, God. That's the oh. fucking, that's the best, man. Oh. That is all. Oh. Yeah. Shit, man. No. We might need to unpack that on another episode. We're not oh, doing that shit. <laughs> That's that, that, that. They have their offices right next to the Elon Musk School of Labor Relations. Yeah, I mean, but that it's still it's education. Oh, it's nominally oh, financial God. education. It might even oh, be God. science and technology education. That's necessarily a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I think like what we're ultimately talking about here is. The power of platforms, the reach of platforms, and the danger of echo chambers. I wish I had a bigger echo chamber. Yeah. <laughs> this crossover episode, so let's... Yeah. Yeah, I, really have to, I really have to start applying things that I learned in school this year to my own shit. Yeah, me too. I still, you know, I spent the 51-year-old college freshman, I spent this year studying i'm still i'm in my third semester social media and and digital media marketing but i still want to i still when i finish drawing a comic strip i still want to post it right away even if it's <laughs> 11 even if it's 11 p.m on a saturday <laughs> when i need i that shit needs to that shit needs to go up at you know like 8 59 a.m yes. on tuesday on tuesday morning yep. you know that needs to go up in prime time and i'm like oh no Finished it. I love it so stop, much. Stop giving away SEO secrets for free. Everybody will do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but I just I posted a comic strip about a, a, a ghost who's stuck haunting his own zombified body. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, and, hold on. Yeah, we, we, we should. We've resolved nothing, and we're doing the we're doing weirdness. We gotta figure. We gotta figure out how to close out two shows at first at once. So first, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask Marone. Uh, or say thank you for joining us on two shows. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where could people learn more about you? I'm glad to be here. My website is maronlongsner.com. It's just my name spelled out. I'm the only one in the world with my name. So if you start typing it, all <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> and you will find out more than you ever wanted to know about me. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know how to do this kingdom. We got two shows. Oh, go ahead. Oh, do yours and I'll do mine. 
All right. So you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com, where we talk about whatever we're going to be talking about next week, which I think based on recording schedule, I think maybe that's like fantasy TV shows like like, you know, stuff about hobbits, maybe and games of thrones and stuff like that. I could be wrong. So, you know, check our blog and see what we're talking about. And that might be the next episode. We've got a few things in the work. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll be as surprised as you. Anyway, if you enjoy the show and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor. Leave us a five star review. If you leave us a five star review, that gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular, really helps us out. It also helps Kingdom out because we link to his show which will make his show more popular and Marone's show, which it's weird. Oh, it's a whole thing. But anyway, subscribe to us, subscribe to us, like, and subscribe five stars, all that kind of stuff makes me feel good. And I would thank Max, of, but like, that's going to be weird. So I'll do that. So thank you to Maximilian of thought for music for our truly epic theme song, which is not playing yet because kingdom needs to do his outro, but we'll probably start playing during his outro on our show, unless you're yeah. listening to his show, in which case his theme song will be playing so it's gonna be very weird but anyway kingdom where can people find you yes guys gals non-binary pals thank you for listening to episode 491 of the handsome genius club radio show 500 is approaching you can find the show on all the social media that i care about so far as a c radio show that's twitter and well we've got youtube and instagram and i think there's a facebook but i don't use it i don't know all that crap just look for HGC Radio Show. Look for me personally on all my social media at my name is Kingdom. All one word, my name is Kingdom. You can find this show, depending on how you're listening to it. Maybe you're listening to this on the Vox podcast feed and you thought to yourself, hey, that guy's swearing a lot. I like him. You can find <laughs> my show, I Likes to Curse. You can find my show at handsomegeniusclub.com or through Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, not Spotify, because fuck Joe Rogan, and I took it <laughs> off. I swear to God, I made an effort. I took it off Spotify. And you can now find us via Amazon. Ta-da! Weekly on Tuesdays, usually, and uh, recent episodes, you can go back through the catalog on the website, and you can see my interviews with She-Hulk supervising producer and Amazing Spider-Man writer Zeb Wells or Kim's Convenience and Star Wars actor and the upcoming Uncle Iroh in uh, Avatar The Air, Last Airbender, Paul Sun Young Lee, or a bunch of wrestlers, a bunch of comic book people, and a bunch of really fun interviews that I hope you'll take the time to go and listen to. I'm and, on there sometimes. Uh, yes. Matt is a, a frequent foil of mine for these kind of conversations. And above all, I have to thank Matt for taking my text of Hey, should we talk about Kanye? <laughs> and then sighing and saying, I don't want to. And then, yes. organize, and then organizing this episode against his better judgment. <laughs> so once again, Handsome Genius Club radio show, Fox podca podcast. It's a, we're forming a little cult. We're yeah. going to open a school and name it after my mom. Oh, wow. That was yeah. the teaching to do that. Fuck <laughs> yes. Join the Philippa Academy. Our our motto is cover your ass. <laughs> Bye, everybody. 